Welcome to My Empower Project with your host, Erin Rowe. We will discuss nutrition, fitness, becoming your own boss, and just becoming better every day. I invite you to join My Empower Project as we embark, embrace, encompass, and enlighten. Join Luke and I today. We have a little chat. Luke Dupron is a kinesiology expert and he studied with soft tissue specialists. He's created a transformation course, which I encourage you to check out because he knows movement of the body. Let's welcome him today to my Empower Project. Today we have with us Luke. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, Aaron. I appreciate it. Of course. So I haven't met you in person yet, but I feel like you have an edge above many trainers out there because you did spend time working in a rehab center. What did you learn in that environment? Working in a rehab center uh, truly changed my entire approach to exercise and, and what I do with clientele, to be honest. So real quickly, the way I got into that is I actually had a pretty severe back injury to where I myself compressed a disc, had to crawl in, literally crawl, through a parking lot, up some stairs to go get treatment in this rehab studio. Going through that process myself obviously gave me a level of empathy for somebody who is injured, but then I ended up getting hired on as their strength and rehab specialist and brought a level of corrective exercise to that office. And that really shifted some things because obviously I had a level of mentorship that just most trainers aren't going to have access to with doctors of chiropractic, physical therapists, some really like world-class soft tissue people that I got to work with. And then obviously the clientele that came in. So the biggest thing that, that that really showed me was, you know, I got to work with some really banged up people and some high level professional and Olympic level athletes. And when you're working with that population of somebody who does have an injury, the level of specificity that you have to bring to movement is extremely high to get them out of pain. And what that did for me is as I shifted back to working more with just normal populations. I saw the value of if we can get highly specific with how we're moving and essentially move better, not just move more, that the workouts can become so much more efficient. You get to spend less time in the gym, more free time to do what you actually want to do. And so that was probably the biggest takeaway was I really came to terms with this idea that, you know, we need to aspire to move better, not just move more. That's tough though. I think a lot of people who decide to take their health seriously or do it as a career went through something rough. Like you said, you're back. It's a shame that that's what it takes to wake up, even for me. Is that what made you actually gain an interest in exercise science? Well, I had an interest prior to that. I mean, I went to school have, and got a kinesiology degree. I actually had already started my own fitness practice at the time. I had worked in like more of the traditional personal training setting. So, you know, I always had this passion of an interest of movement, the body health. I remember sitting in college, I was in an accounting class going to business school and just thinking I absolutely dreaded this. I hated it. And then I started to think of like, what do I spend my time? And it's reading nutrition, getting into exercise. So I, so I went through the kinesiology department, graduated with an exercise science degree. I had a passion. I wanted to help people. I wanted to make an impact somewhere. And this really was the opportunity to, to bring those two things together where it's like, hey, I can make an impact. I can change some lives. And it's in something that genuinely I'm interested to you know, read. If there's an article that comes across you know, the news feed on, say, something like Facebook, and that's the one that's going to catch my eye, something with nutrition and exercise. So it really was a way for me to bridge the gap of having an impact, helping people and, and really something I'm genuinely interested in. That's awesome. You mentioned soft tissue. I'm actually in treatment now for an issue regarding this with my hamstrings, ironically, 
But I believe in one of your podcasts, you and your guests, you had on your show talked about fascial adhesions. So like movement mobility or based on your experience and knowledge, how important of a role do you think that fascia plays on the body? I think it's huge. There's a couple podcasts where we've talked about that. Fascial system for people who are listening to this, I think the easy way to describe it is I just think of it as this elastic casing that encompasses muscles, but also encases muscles. And it really kind of connects the system from head to toe. And a good way to maybe experience this would be if you were to do like a stretch, like down dog, like a yoga pose, and then you drop your chin to your chest, you might feel your calves light up. And you're like, wow, how is moving my head making my calves tight? And it's like, that's that long chain fascial line being tugged on. So I think it's really important, particularly as we age, I'm going to be 34 next month. And I've been doing more of the podcast courses, more desk work and like the traditional, I think what the average person is experiencing sitting more. And I'm seeing the impact that 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 fascial system starting to dry out and and harden uh, and the impact it has. So it's really big when it comes to posture. And and the one thing I'll say about the fascial system is this, for people to think about it is it's more like an elastic bag, whereas a muscle is like a rubber band. You can stretch your muscle and then it rebounds back. Well, the fascial system, if you think of it more like a plastic bag or like a, you know, a piece of taffy where if you pull on it long enough and hard enough, it eventually will kind of contort its shape and it can lengthen. But the conversely, it can happen the other way where when we sit all day, you know, people always talk about sitting is the new smoking and it's really bad for you. I don't think it's a lack of activity that is the problem with sitting. I think it is really that fascial impact and how we kind of mold into these positions. Mm, I like the way you put that. I always thought of it like that white casing over raw chicken where like- yeah stretches so far but I have a better picture now that you explained it that way yeah that's funny I use uh, I talk about beef when you're like if you have like a big piece of like like a side of beef and there's this like shiny sheet and it's like it's kind of that, that that would be part of it I brought a guest on who I asked him I'm like man is there really any way to improve that and you know he was a soft tissue therapist like as we age because that that tissue is going to get drier and start kind of getting hard and I always kind of talk about like you don't see anybody walking down the street with their head falling backwards everybody's posture kind of starts to, to erode and fall into the, the forward typical rounded shoulders. And a lot of that is due to that fascial system being fixed from, you know, working at desks, even to the point at the, at the hips and the pelvis, when you sit all day and your hips stay flexed, all of a sudden you lose that ability to get an extension and this whole cascade of events can happen. So yeah, the fascial system's huge. And it's a piece that I think we're still discovering how to learn and how to manipulate. Obviously like foam rolling can do some good. And obviously you're in some soft tissue. I assume you're working with somebody. Yeah, I just started. So hopefully it will help. And I do, I sit 11 hours a day. So I have the hip till issue and I'm like, yeah. I'm for this. get that stand up desk. You cannot sit for 11 hours. That is wrecking your body. Yeah. And that's before I do the podcast that night. So it's probably like 15 hours. It's pretty bad. Oh Lord. Get yourself a stand. I'm like literally right now I'm at a stand up desk and uh, I actually have one saved on Amazon right now. So that's funny you said that. I've never had a real job, but I've worked, I work with a lot of CEOs and you know, people that are in that environment. And it's like, if this is truly wh- what your environment is going to be, you're going to be strapped to a desk. Oh God, spend the 1500 bucks, get the electric one, get the nicest thing you can have. And you don't have to stand all day because that's going to bring its own problems. But we cannot be trapped at that desk because that is mechanically wrecking you. Absolutely wrecking you. Totally. And when it comes to what, like you said, foam rolling and stretching, I guess people feel like it's just as much of a hindrance as working out. I just feel like people think exercise has to take over your life. Like I used to train six days a week, two a days pre-show. And I wonder if so much of that intensity being on social media is discouraging for people. So what is your 
idea of balanced health. Like if somebody was ready to change but didn't know where to start, I know you teach your clients about this. So what do you say? Oh man, how long am I allowed to go on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So this is a big passion of mine, actually. I always kind of joke and I I feel like the anti-trainer in the sense of the anti-fitness coach in that it's my passion. This is something I've done. I've been in this, this community, in this world, but I feel like I've also been on the outside of it in that personally, I have no desire to go do a fitness show. I think I find it like to be the most odd thing ever. It's just not my relationship I have with exercise. And most people, if you're wanting to improve your health, lose weight, all the stuff that like, I think we all can mutually agree that we would like to have, you know, health, a decent looking physique. It doesn't have to be, I think, anywhere as aggressive as what most people are led to believe. And they're led to believe that through, unfortunately, people who are in the fitness community who are who are trying to do good things, but really they have found their hobby through it. And I kind of use the analogy of imagine you want to have a car because you want to like go experience the world and you want to drive around. You don't necessarily have to know how to like build an engine block and even change your oil or you don't have to be a car guy. So many people that are delivering fitness advice, whether it's online, they are people who fitness is not just, it's, it's their hobby. It's their thing to do. And it doesn't need to be that way. You can take a much more minimal effective dose. And, and personally, this is the role that exercise has for me. And if I were to encompass this and kind of bring it full circle of what it really takes, in my opinion, to get a pretty decent physique without having to obsess over the gym and a balanced level of health and lifestyle is to strength train three times per week. Keep those workouts no longer than 45 minutes. Get your nutrition in order. And an easy template to follow would be a, a paleo-ish diet for the majority of the time and get lots of low-level activity movement. But movement doesn't have to be cardio, like slaving away on the treadmill. It could be out running routes with a football with your kid. I mean, there's thousands of ways to go have fun, get movement that doesn't need to be thought of as exercise. And for me, that's the philosophy that I take personally and uh, am trying to like share with the world because you don't have to be a stage competitor. You do not have to have exercise take over your life. It should support your life. And I will stop my rant there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love that because I feel like people are like, oh, are you still doing that fitness thing now? Because I, could, I completely stopped posting because people thought it had to be like that extreme. I didn't want to come across that way. So I stopped posting until I thought about how I could teach balance. And what ended up happening is a lot of my clients, stay-at-home moms or working moms who understand it doesn't need to be everything. So it's hard kind of when people look at you and it is such a passion, but it doesn't have to be that way. So there is a middle ground. But then again, a lot of people come to me and say they have a plateau. So what do you advise when people stop seeing positive changes? If a plateau occurs in my mind, let's just talk. I mean, we can either talk weight loss or weight gain, but essentially this is where we need to fine tune some things and probably manipulate some, some different things. So, you know, obviously we can manipulate our exercise routines, we can manipulate our caloric load and we can manipulate, you know, different macronutrients. And again, I think this can be done, as I mentioned before, I'm not a big proponent of tracking and I don't think it has to be anywhere near as serious. We can adhere more to principles and philosophy. However, when you do hit a plateau, now that is the time I think it does make sense to, you know, maybe get out the, the food journal or, uh, you know, my fitness pal, really take inventory on what are you doing? So then you can start to make some adjustments because I think a lot of people, We'll get stuck in this, oh, I'm at a plateau, but it's like the adherence really wasn't there within that window of time. And we just need to refocus and make sure we're actually adhering to whatever it is that we're, we're trying to do. And then it manipulate those variables of exercise, intensity, time, workouts, or obviously the input of food. 
Now, how does that work? I'm not a certified personal trainer, but I always wondered this. Do you offer advice on nutrition or do you solely focus on strength training? So I do two different things. The in-person coaching that I do at this point, I'm really only doing corrective exercise where I optimize people's biomechanics from the, the lifestyle stuff. Yeah, we're going to look at nutrition as well. But again, for most people, it's like, let's talk basic principles. And obviously, of course, we can go down mindset and nutrition, but I'm not a proponent of tracking calories and micromanaging. Again, I think that comes from the competition world, but there's a usefulness to that either in the beginning. And there's a usefulness, again, if you do have that plateau where if you're trying to make some adjustments, but you don't really know where you're at, it's kind of hard to make a move from. So that's where being able to actually look at what a client is actually eating is going to be useful. Yeah, I'm an advocate of tracking. So I was like, uh oh, but I like you said, I don't track but I did in the beginning I can see where you're coming from. But I have a controversial <laughs> question for you now. Are you ready? Sure. What is your opinion on the keto diet? So good and bad. And this is like most things. It's funny, man, I've probably had I bet in the last three months, 15, 20 people reach out. Hey, what do you think about the keto diet? Mm -hmm. Most people who are reaching out, they're doing so because they want to lose weight. And they're looking again, if you put the word diet out there, it's generally somebody is looking to lose weight. Can a keto diet help you lose weight? Absolutely. Do you have to do keto to lose weight? No. If the calories are adjusted, you could have carbohydrate and still lose weight. I think there's some psychological benefits for somebody who's starting a weight loss journey. If they lean into a keto side, you're actually going to see that scale move, but it's mostly going to be water weight in the beginning because carbohydrate, I think it's like 2.5 grams per or two, two grams of water per gram of uh, carb or whatever it is. So you're going to pull some water weight out, which might give you a little psychological boost of like, Hey, I'm, I'm, make, I'm seeing some progress. And we know that that's important. Seeing progress will help someone continue to be motivated. But rather than thinking of it as something that is, you have to do it's Does it serve you in your lifestyle? So I eat a keto esque diet or a, a keto ish, meaning like today I had a, I've had a full keto meal. It's been nothing but, you know, meats and vegetables. And if I'm not working out. That's, that's personally going to be where I fall in but I'm doing it more from how does it serve me from my energy? How does it serve me on my hunger levels? Meaning, do I feel fuller longer? And there's a lot of individual variants in that to where somebody else, they might just be more carb adapted to where they just feel better and their energy levels are better with a little bit more carbohydrate. As you do start to exercise more, honestly, you're probably going to be best served by bringing those carbohydrates up. Some people do really well on a keto diet and still can do a lot of intense exercises. But for the average person, you probably want to be able to flex both ways. Yeah, it's different for everyone. Which is not like what people want to hear. And this is where like obviously working with a coach, really taking the time to figure out what serves you best. And I, when I say serves you, meaning like your energy, your mental clarity and focus, your sleep, all of these factors can be manipulated by what you're eating and obviously what you're doing. And it's sure it'd be great to say like, oh, this is the one way I'm supposed to do it. And that's great for marketers of supplement companies, but that's just not how it works. What is this transformation course that you teach? So the course, it's funny, I should be wrapping it up this week, uh, this weekend. This is essentially the way for me to bring what I do with people out more to the masses because ultimately it sounds like you do some coaching as well. And there's only so many hours in a day and so many people that you're going to be able to work with in effect. And this is the best way for me to bring it all together and deliver it both some mindset, nutrition, exercise, bring people into my lifestyle of fitness, which is one that again is supposed to enhance your lifestyle and not take over and maybe pull people back from some of the extreme approaches that is probably stopping them from getting started. And ultimately something that I think that's called the live great lifestyle for a reason. I want this to be a lasting change for people to where they have endless energy. They feel great. They have a physique they like, 
but they're doing it within the context of whatever their life is. It's not a six-week challenge or a 14-day whatever. This is a real way to step into having a long-lasting relationship with health and fitness. I love that you're teaching people that because that's the thing. People are like, let me just get through three weeks or six weeks and then what? Then they end up gaining it back or stopping because they, they saw some progress or decided that they were done. But creating a lifestyle, if you teach that, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's challenging because you know it's not sexy. It's not like marketable in the sense of people want seven-day fixes and all this bullshit that's pumped out. But it's like how many seven-day fixes or 21-day challenges can you do? So once you get, you know, kind of finally to the point where it's like, all right, I'm tired of doing a 21 day challenge or some 30 day boot camp where I'm going to beat the hell out of myself. Like what's the real long-term solution to where I can have a pretty rocking physique 24 seven, but I'm not living and dying in the gym and I'm eating foods that I'm actually enjoying. And it's like, Hey, I can be here next year versus, Oh, that two week period where I looked great. Well, who cares? Yeah. We want longevity. What actually made you take your in-person services online. I actually saw better results with a specific population. The work that I do in person comes from working in that rehab center where I optimize human movement. These are short in-person intensives. We're going to break down how you exercise. And this is really only for people who they're already exercising, but they want to optimize the experience. So they're basically going to turn more muscle fiber on and make their workout even more efficient. But what I found to happen in more of the traditional personal training model where, hey, I'm going to work with you three days per week till I get to my goal, that doesn't bring lasting transformation. And now it can for some, of course, but I've just seen more people fail at that model. And it's because there's no real empowerment that's taking place. And people say, oh, I need accountability. And it's like, that's not accountability. That's pacification. That's babysitting you. <laughs> By taking somebody and coaching them, coaching more of the mindset, bringing a level of accountability, but them having to step into doing the practice, that is what's actually going to bring true transformation. Because I have had clients who have lost weight when I was doing more of the quote unquote personal training model that then when they go on their own, they didn't keep it up. And all of a sudden the email comes back that, Hey, I've put on all the weight and I'm really disappointed. And it's like, well, what happened? It's they never actually stepped into it with themselves. That's really where I found the online model to actually be more successful. That if you're serious about, hey, I want to make this a lasting shift, well, then you have to be empowered and there can be a level of accountability, but it can't be in the sense of the only way that you can get through a workout is if somebody is there with you because that's not a lasting uh, situation for most people. I agree. I, you're I, super I, rich. <laughs> yeah, I do think that some of those seven day challenges or 21 day, they might be a good place to start because some people need the guidelines. But if you just do it and don't think about it and learn, that's when you fall off. So like you said, you have to hold yourself accountable. I mean, other support is good, but learning and wanting it as you go is what's going to keep you going. So Yeah. And, and well, and I'll follow that up with, with this type of model. I mean, there's still lots of accountability, but it is more, it's remote coaching, whether that's, um, there's times I have, you know, I'll hop on a call, um, whether it's phone, zoom, sometimes we need to optimize the biomechanics, but most of it's going to be mindset and accountability. So there is a level of accountability that is needed, but if the only, I'm talking specifically for the workout itself, because that's only one aspect of this. If you really want to make a shift, again, the nutrition, the mindset, the movement, the daily life stuff, navigating all those problems like vacations. That's all part of what people do need coaching. They do need accountability to work through those challenges. But specifically with the, hey, now it's time for my workout. If the only way you think you can get there is with somebody there in the gym with you, that's not a long-term lasting solution. 
Yeah, so I guess it takes tough love, but they have to want it themselves. Yeah, and again, that's where having some online accountability within a coach to help you and support you in that sense, that is extremely useful. I think the in-person coaching at this point should be very brief to help you optimize the movement. But if you're not willing to get up or after work or there has to be a level of self-motivation because at some point your life is going to be in a position where like, hey, I have to do this. And that's what transformation is. That's becoming a person who's willing to do those things and is capable of doing those things. If you're still stuck as the same individual that stepped into that training when the training stops, well, then you're just going to go right back to where you were. That's what intrigued me about you when I first heard about you, Luke, because like myself, you emphasize the role of a person's mindset and how it actually moves into their progress, both in and out of the gym. I find it tough to portray how much weight that holds on our mind and how that affects our results. So how do you go about infusing the mind when working with your clients? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, the biggest one at first is you have to come with a growth mindset and this belief that you can change, that you can adapt and that you can become somebody who does that. We need to obviously anchor in big whys and and really important drivers of why we even want to do this. Again, a bodybuilder competition does not inspire me whatsoever. I have no desire to do that, which is shocking for most people hearing in somebody who's in the fitness world. But if that was my motivation, it's like, oh man, I would not be inspired to do it. So, you know, coming down to some core motivators of like, really, why do we want to do this? And then really trying to build that identity out and around that idea of this is the person that I want to be. Those are the three things we're primarily going to focus on. That's great. At first, you created your 15-step guide, and then what made you want to start the podcast, The Live Great Lifestyle? For people that are hearing that, if they go to lukedepron.com, I have the Live Great 15. That's just 15 tips, tools, and tactics that if you're stuck or you're looking to start and you're not really sure where to go, grab that and just do one of these things. There's mindset tips, there's nutrition tips, and there's exercise tips. All of these factors have to be manipulated and they have to get the ball rolling somewhere. So yeah, grab one factor and just start working on it and make some progress. As far as the podcast, I've been wanting to do a podcast for a while. I had been on a few and I enjoyed the process and I like connecting with interesting people and I didn't want it to be just fitness because again, for me, fitness is just a small piece of it. I couldn't talk to somebody about exercising for weeks on end because to me, it's such a simple thing to do. There's really only a few fundamental exercises to work on that I wanted to expand it out. And that's where the the live great lifestyle came. So it's really just to connect with inspiring people who are doing really amazing things that definitely leans into the health and fitness. But I've had Navy SEALs on, you know, I've had professional mixed martial artists, like let's be honest, they're not the healthiest people. They're getting kicked in the face for a living, but they got a really crazy mindset. So yeah, just tapping into people's human potential and trying to uh, pull their tips and stories. I think the average person doesn't realize how much it's not just exercise. It is a whole lifestyle. So I would definitely recommend somebody to you. Well, thank you. Yeah, it is. And this is my big thing. If I could drive home to anybody listening to it. Yes, it's a lifestyle, but it is not the lifestyle that I think most people are thinking because of, again, social media, because of people who are in this community that are professionals. It's like it is, their, it is their passion and their, their activity and their hobby, but it doesn't necessarily have to be yours. It doesn't have to be as overwhelming or overtaking of your life as magazines and most Instagram channels would have you think. There are thousands or millions of people who are healthy, fit, and have great physiques who aren't doing the competitions, who they don't live and breathe it. It's just part of who they are. And, and that's really the message that I want to get out to people. It doesn't have to take over. You just have to make small changes or change habits or see what you can improve on. Am I right? Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're right. They're small, uh, you know, habits are, habits are huge and making those small incremental improvements for people is really, that's, that's where transformation comes from because at the end of months down the road, you'll look back and it's like, wow, there's a new you that's capable of new things. You have the fitness drive and the drive to inspire people and you have success in your business. So I've been learning from a lot of personal development books and leaders that a lot of successful people have a morning routine. Is that something that you have? It's funny that you asked me that because that is an area I too agree all of the people that I aspire and look up to something that's very notable. I mean, everybody has that morning routine. It's an area I actually struggle with and it's something that I'm looking to do a much better job at. And just recently I was on vacation and I was kind of crafting out what I want that to look like in a little bit more detail. That's an area of struggle for me, but I do see the value of it when I'm consistent with it. And so when I am consistent, that is usually a level of journaling, reading, meditation, and stretching. And it doesn't have to be all four of those because there's days where it's just short on time. But those are the four keys that I'm kind of looking to check the box within a morning routine. I want to add meditation myself too, but I always make excuses. Oh, today I don't have time. So one day I'm just going to have to fit it in. So I like that you were actually thinking about it while you were on vacation. And something that's helped me, and this is something I use with my coaching clients for some of the metrics that we track as far as exercise, nutrition, mobility work, is kind of taking this idea of more often than not. Because if you're judging yourself on, did I do my morning routine every day? And it's like, man, there's just some days it may not happen, but that more often than not gives you some freedom to have a little bit of leniency if it's not perfect, but then still be encouraged to continue to try to fulfill on that commitment. So that more often than not attitude has been really helpful. That's something that has at least allowed me to ebb and flow through it. But, but right now I'm, I'm really trying to uh, get more consistent on that myself. So out of full transparency. I say you're consistent on making delicious looking breakfast. I have been, <laughs> I hear IG stories and I'm like, oh my God, that's my favorite breakfast. <laughs> I love, I could eat breakfast. I, actually, it's funny. I've only eaten once today and it was a giant breakfast really at, well, at 2 p.m. That was my first meal. Yeah, I love breakfast food. I can eat like a egg scramble with vegetables and some, uh, I had some wild boar today. I could eat that every every meal, I feel like. Nice. No, I love breakfast for dinner too. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any mentors that you read about or look up to? I'm fortunate professionally here in San Diego to have a lot of mentors in the health and fitness space having gone through the work that I've done. And they're not online. These are like practitioners in the trenches. You know, I have a friend who's a world-class soft tissue specialist that I'm going to refer somebody to. I uh, actually got to do that today. So in that area, I have a lot of local people that they're not online. But as far as people that I online look up to that I follow and try to let into the world, I'm a big fan of Tom Bilyeu. I think he's amazing over at Impact Theory. Obviously, like the Tim Ferriss's of the world. Those are two that I you know, I don't know if, if you have read Tim Ferriss's Tribe of Mentors. There's a great book for somebody who wants to like pump some positive stuff into their brain or you know, they want to tap into what leaders are doing because it's a 500 page book and it's got like 500 different high achievers thoughts on it on things. So those two are definitely two that I consistently listen to. All right. I'm going to have to add that book to my list. Oh, it's great because it's like you, you could have, it's actually perfect for something like that morning routine because you can get value out of it in like four minutes because every three pages, it's a new person's mindset and thought process and maybe their daily routine. So you don't have to like sacrifice a lot of time to get some value out of it, which is cool. Yeah, that's more my style. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where can we find you on social media? Social media on Instagram, 
Facebook and a little bit of YouTube at Live Great Lifestyle. And then the podcast is the Live Great Lifestyle on iTunes. And then you can connect with me personally on my website at LukeDepron.com. Awesome. I still am laughing from what you said earlier, how odd bodybuilding shows are because I've been in them. And when I come out and watch, I'm like, what is going on right now? Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, and again, I like, I have a lot of respect for it in the sense of I'm aware of what that takes for someone to do. So I'm not bashing it in that sense, but I think what an odd thing. Like, it's just such a, it's, it's kind of like I think of like kids beauty pageants. You're like, what is this? <laughs> like, Everyone's sprayed black. No one has deodorant on. Yeah, it's not as glamorous as it looks on stage. No, and 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 again, it's such a foreign relationship that I have to with health and fitness. I mean, it's 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 very foreign to my approach um, and what I'm like I said, my actual relationship. So I find it, uh, and again, I have a lot of respect because I do understand the work that it goes into. But I want people to be aware that you don't have to go that route just to get what is going to be a pretty good physique. <laughs> yeah, you want a physique that you'll have long term. Well, yeah, I'm with yeah, I'm with you the long term because I think what a lot of people don't realize and this is something that is important for somebody who's stepping into maybe making some shifts. You know, you can go look at a stage competitor or a bodybuilder and it's like they don't look like that very long. We're talking a matter of a week or a couple of days, but that doesn't stop them from taking thousands of photos that then get pumped out across the months. There's a lot of unrealistic expectations from that, which again, if it's inspiring you to move forward, that's fantastic. And I'm glad that people are putting that content out. But if you're looking at that and you're thinking, oh my gosh, why am I not there yet? You got to understand that, hey, those pictures might've been taken on a day where they have dehydrated down, they've cut. And uh, this is something that they're really only looking at like for a couple days. Yeah, and you, a normal person extends so much energy in their daily work life and with their children. You cannot eat as little as you do right before a show and be able to have energy to live your life. And you yeah. basically want to have a healthy mindset. So a short-term goal like that is not something everybody should aspire to be. I, yeah, I agree. And again, if it's something somebody wants to do, obviously you want to do it in a health, the healthiest way possible. Again, I love any challenge like that that's physical. I think there is mental value from, from probably going through that experience. The dedication, the work, not ragging on any of that. I think that's probably the biggest benefit for somebody. Um, but just letting the lay person who's trying to improve their health and fitness know that there's, there's other avenues and you don't actually got to go that crazy with it. Yeah, totally. All right. So one more question for you, Luke, where do you think I should eat when I go to San Diego? What's one of your favorite restaurants? Oh, you know, I'm not, Oh, actually, okay. I'll tell you my for sure favorite restaurant, but I'm going to preface with this. I don't eat out a lot. And when I do, and it's not cause like, Oh, you can't eat out and be healthy. I eat out a lot, but I do it from a very utilitarian purpose, meaning I'm just short on time and I got to grab something. So I don't have like the fine dining place to recommend, but my favorite spot, and if you don't like it, you're going to be right on this little restaurant row where there's a few great spots is called Saffron Thai Food. And I like it because I can go get something fresh and healthy, whether it's actually, I love their curry, but I just get it over a big plate of vegetables. They have some really cool superfood salads. That's great. But if you don't like that, you can go next door and there's the, I think some of the best street tacos we have in San Diego right next door. And if you go one more door down, you can get some of the best uh, fish from Blue Water. It's all on this one street. So. That's awesome. My favorite restaurant here is a Thai restaurant, so I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> I love Thai. It's it's uh yeah, their uh, their curries are amazing. So that's kind of a go. That's a go to for me on Tuesday. So if you ever see a, if you see a really good looking vegetable and meat curry dish on Tuesdays, I definitely did not make that. If you're looking at my Instagram. <laughs> 
All right, good to know. Okay, well, thanks. We'll see you on Instagram and thanks for being here today. Hey, Aaron, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening. I'm so happy to have you as part of our posse and would love for you to comment with what topics you'd like to hear about next. You can find out more at myempowerproject.com. Tap that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the exciting guests and enlightenment to come. Have a fabulous day.